Hello friends, my name is Brenna. And I'm Danny, and, and this, this is Lago Stories. Today's episode contains graphic information that some listeners may find disturbing. Listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome back, Lagos friends, to episode 10. And if you just joined us from the last episode, it's welcome been a minute. Back. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back. And to help bring awareness for this year's Prides Month, in my episode, I'm going to tell you about a few different cases that unfortunately have a lot in common with one another, even though there's quite a few years in between the cases. It's another set of cases that shows that we as a society have a lot of work to do to ensure every human being is not only treated equally, but is also safe while living their everyday normal lives. Yeah, and as me and Brenna love to utilize this platform to express things that we're passionate about and things that are just wrong, like just point blank wrong, I think it is really important that we all focus on every person feeling free and able to express themselves, who they love, and just who they want to be without shame, harm, or feeling like they're in potential danger. Yeah, or even like judgment. Like really, I think it's a good reminder for every single person. You don't have to love everybody, but I know I certainly don't, (laughs) but (laughs) just to like treat people as you would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, that's not too hard to ask. Yeah, it's it's really not. And <laughs> I'm laughing because I definitely don't love everyone either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, researching these, you know, like, our previous cases, like, those jurors yes, in my last like, episode, oh. do not love you. No, no, no. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yes. Barbara, do not love you. Those are the people you just have to take a minute and, and be like, yeah. Yep. But <laughs> for everyone else in the world... <laughs> We're here and we're rooting for you. Yeah. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I'm going to tell you first about Michael J. Sandy. He was born October 12, 1977, and was a New York native. Growing up, Michael wanted to be a dancer, but ended up falling in love with design. Michael worked his way through design school at his family's health food store. By his late 20s, Michael worked as a display designer for IKEA in Hicksville, New York, which he loved. And side note, I would also love that. So I love the fashion designer. I once met a person that she was in fashion design and she did the buttons, the designs of the buttons for Abercrombie or or one company (gasps) like that. And I was like, that is so cool. I never knew like the fashion world is so elaborate. Well, and I'm sure in interior design too. Like it would be Like how cool could you imagine like i do the carpets for ikea like that's so cool. yeah, yeah i don't <laughs> but just for today that sounds super awesome yeah and going back to 2006 aol chat rooms were huge and i know we've talked about this a bit in a previous episode and i still remember your trick danny in 2006 <laughs> we were in sixth grade yes <laughs> and we spent way more time in aol chat rooms than any sixth grader should And I'm sure there were specific children chat rooms, but I mean, did anyone actually think children would join those? Let's be honest. AOL chat rooms were created for adults, and a lot of adults actually use them. I get really nervous when stuff starts like this, especially after my 
episode this yeah. season that talked about it. I mean, it, just thinking about the lackadaisical attitude that we used to have towards things like that, like just triggers the anxiety, anxiety yeah. to an extreme. Because I remember even back not only in AOL, but like when we transitioned to the phones that I would randomly like just communicate with people that I gave like, hey, you seem cool. Let's exchange numbers. And then you would yeah. text. Like, Never. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had so many AOL friends. Yeah. And we were never like actually pretending to be in sixth grade. We were always like, I know, I was like, oh, I'm 17. I'm 18. I'm a full grown woman at 15 (laughs) sitting in my mom's house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, 28 year old Michael entered an AOL chat room October 8, 2006, in search of companionship. Michael was gay, although I do want to note that some family members mentioned him as being bisexual, but I could not confirm which was accurate. But he met a man with a screen name of Fisheye Fox in a popular gay chat room. After chatting for over an hour, the pair arranged a meeting on the pretense of sex. Michael wrote down driving directions and instructions on where to park to meet Fisheye Fox at Plum Beach. And Plum Beach is a very popular cruising spot in Brooklyn, which is a term for a public place to have anonymous sex. Except he didn't just meet Fisheye Fox there. Three other men were waiting for Michael after the Lord trapped him. The four men pulled Michael out of his car and began brutally beating him. As Michael struggled with the multiple men, he managed to slip free and began running away. Unfortunately, Michael was chased onto the Belt Parkway and was struck by an oncoming vehicle. Witnesses not only see the four men beating Michael, but one witness told police that they saw one of the men rob Michael's unconscious body after he had been hit by the car and lay on the side of the road. Michael would be rushed to Brookdale Hospital where he was placed on life support. Oh my gosh. That escalated so quickly. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. But, ugh. I mean, this right here is why I have so much anxiety about Stranger danger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying. And I'm assuming this all happened because they knew that he was gay and we need to eliminate people like that? You got it. So, yeah. I mean, they entered a popular gay chat room. So, knowing that they would find other gay men in there and Was this the first time they had done something like that? So... I'll get to it a little bit later, but they all four were known to police, and at least one person had a record of these gay bashings, is what they call them, gay bashings before. And um, I'll include the documentary name below, but I had watched a documentary a couple years ago on gay bashings, and back in the 70s and 80s, this was like a popular thing to do, was especially, like, high school or college kids would get together and, like, try and trick gay men into meeting them so that they could beat them up. Like, that was, like, the thing the popular kids did. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. Absolutely great. The next day, police accessed Michael's home in order to collect evidence and clues on who would be responsible. Police find the online chat messages from Fisheye Fox and were able to track the IP address to 20-year-old John Fox. Since John Fox is the last person they knew spoke with Michael, they wanted to see if John was involved or a witness or what exactly he knew. It didn't take long for John to spill the beans and confess to his involvement with the attack and robbery. He tells police about the other three men, except one he only knew as, quote, the Russian kid. 
Police are actually able to track the Russian kid by comparing a photo given to them by Fox from his MySpace page to mugshots at the local precinct. Lucky for them, the Russian kid had a record. The Russian kid was found to be 20-year-old Ila Sharov. When Sharov was brought in for questioning, similar to Fox, it didn't take long for him to provide police with details regarding the incident. He even provided police with details on what was correct or incorrect from a news article on the attack. He would later state that police was violating his rights and that the statements were conducted improperly, though. Both Sharov and Fox were identified in a lineup by witnesses. The other two boys were revealed by Fox and Sharov as 20-year-old Anthony Fortunato and 16-year-old Gary Timmons. On Friday, October 13th, Michael, who never awoke, was pulled from life support at the decision of his close family members and passed away. He turned 29 the day before on October 12th. The charges would now include murder. Ugh. I mean, one, did all of these people only know each other through online chatting? No, so they were all from the same area. And from what it seemed like, they they like they hung out with each other. Like okay. they were kind of friends or maybe they knew each other from So school. the Russian kid wasn't his screen name. He just called him the Russian kid. Yeah, so it was oh just kind of like, oh, a friend of a friend. And like everybody called him the Russian kid. Like <laughs> he never actually knew his name. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so. But he had pictures with him. And he gave it to police, and police were able to take that picture and compare it to mugshots to yeah, find him. That makes sense. And on a more serious note, what is MySpace? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you mean pics out. <laughs> but I cannot believe, especially the ages, I mean... They're all so young to just yeah. decide to... One 16-year-old. Yeah, get together to, like, just let's go beat this guy up. Mm-hmm. That's, uh so disgusting. And I can't even imagine what Michael's family went through having to make that decision. No, no one should ever have to make no. that decision. And it's just... Especially for your kid, you yes. know? Like, it's one thing, like... You kind of know, okay, like one day I might bury my parents, but for a parent to have to bury their own child, yeah, you don't. And this is their go only child. That. Michael yeah. was Ugh. their only son, and you don't go into parenthood of like, yeah, one day I'm gonna have yeah. to make this choice or do this. Yeah, sixteen-year-old Gary Timmons pled guilty to attempted robbery and was sentenced to four years. Ayla Sharav also pled guilty to attempted robbery and manslaughter, both classified as hate crimes. He agreed to 17 and a half year sentence in exchange for his cooperation. Sharav admitted that he led the chase, but according to the prosecutor, Sharav was the only one that accepted his responsibility. John Fox and Anthony Fortunato both pled not guilty and were tried together, but for separate juries. Fox, who was the lore and also participated in the chase that ultimately killed Michael, was tried and found guilty. He received a sentence of 13 to 21 years for manslaughter and attempted robbery, both of hate crimes, even after the defense argued that Fox held no animosity towards gays and the hate crime charges were unfounded. After conviction, Michael's mother, Denise Sandy, stated, quote, I do forgive you for what you have done, but I also want justice to be done. End quote. And Danny, will you read what Fox said to Michael's mother, Denise, in court after he was convicted? Sure. Quote, I'm very sorry for what happened to your son. I didn't mean for it to happen, and I tried to stop it. And thank you for your forgiveness. End quote. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. 
I was going to interject after every one of these, but then I was like, just keep it in, girl. Everyone's tired of you yelling on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so when I saw that, I was like, you tried to stop it. But and thank you, you for your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like, why but Why did you was, even say that? He, like, he pled guilty. He was like, no. Like, I held no animosity, but I chased him and was also, also one of the if ones you that robbed his unconscious body. Held no animosity? Why the f*** are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Targeting gay men. Why like, are you doing this? Yeah. But yet, no, I just thought it would be fun to kill someone today. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? So both Fox and Fortunato, there was murder charges, but neither of them were found guilty on murder. There was only manslaughter, which I found very yeah, I was very repulsed by that. Yeah. Like, how is that manslaughter? They came up with the plan to lure this man to a popular gay spot in order to beat and rob him but I guess the defense had kind of made the argument like oh they didn't plan to kill him but it doesn't matter they still beat him after he was hit by a car so when were you gonna stop yeah exactly speaking of stopping the car that hit him did not stop I know that like has nothing to I mean not nothing to do with it but yeah so these people. I mean, it's like every day. That's why I don't love everybody. Yeah. Every day <laughs> I'm know? like, wow, I'm in a good spot. This is great. And then you hear stuff like yeah. this and you're like, how is there this many dumbass people? Like, I just don't, I cannot breathe with the amount of stupidity and dumbassery in this world. Like, it yeah. just, it, it amazes me. Yeah. It amazes me. We should lower our... Like, I really am trying, but I can't. I keep... It's like when you wake up and you try to taste something, you're like, today it's going to be great. Nope, still nasty. (laughs) You're still rubbing me the wrong way. (laughs) I agree. And 21-year-old Anthony Fortunato was also tried, convicted, and he was sentenced to 7 to 21 years for manslaughter as a hate crime. He testified in his own defense and told the court that he was also gay and that the plan that he led was actually meant to test his friend's attitudes on homosexuality before coming out to them. His defense attorney argued that this could not be a gay hate crime because he himself was gay. (laughs) So how does that work? Oh, so the plan wasn't to lure him and rob him and beat him it was to lure him (laughs) and somebody said something about smoking weed together and then he would just kind of feel out his friend's reaction to this gay person yeah did you believe that oh my gosh i just can't i mean no form of that sentence made sense yeah Like, even with my dyslexia, I cannot (laughs) reorganize that in a way that makes sense. That makes sense. So I just know that it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So how could it be a hate crime? You can't... You know what, Anthony? You should just go back and look at it. Look at it really, really hard and see the error and the flaw in that. Yeah. And then come back to me, sir. Oh, but would you like to read his statement to Michael's mother? Because he also had a statement. (sighs) Sure. Quote, I wish I had the resolve to stop what happened that night, but I acted like a coward and I turned and walked away, end quote. Did you turn and walk away or did you beat him and steal from him? 
Yeah, he did. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't know what your definition of walking away is. But that's not what you did. I also, like, if I was his mother, I think at some point I would either be like, I'm also going to go to jail for physically beating these people if they continue to speak to me. It's funny that you bring up his mother because I did find out some information. So he was actually the only one, his family or I guess friends or whoever, the community, raised $1.2 million for his bond but it was denied. So they were, they raised enough money to try and get him out and it was denied. And when the sentence was read, his mother like cried out in court. So Anthony's mo- mother? Yeah. I mean, that just shows you that things But I like- don't know if it was because she found out that he was gay or if it was like he thought, she thought he was innocent. I don't know what it was, but. But either way, like, I know my mom will probably be clapping. <laughs> Get that girl. Something's wrong with her. She needs yeah. to be fixed. No, at was, no point is that appropriate. It was clear the uh, privilege just by like reading. And those this is things. how it goes back to this is a learned behavior for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because if you grew up with a mother that always told you that you could do no wrong, or even the fact that, you know, some people are gay and that's wrong, both of those are incorrect. Mm -hmm. And that is going to breed a stink that smells so bad that no, nothing can get rid of that except the person themselves and they can't do it because they just think they have this mindset that it is this way and everyone else that doesn't think like me is wrong. And it's like, no, you're actually the problem. Yeah. Well, and what's even scarier to think about and... This is only if I give Anthony the benefit of the doubt to say, to question his sexuality. Like if he came out as gay, I'm going to take that for truth and that he was actually gay. And if he grew up in a world, which most likely he did with non-supportive parents and non-supportive community, that he felt that in order to hide his sexuality, that he had to plan this whole thing and be like a macho so that if anybody ever said that, oh, he was gay, they would never believe it because he planned this attack and he likes to do gay bashings Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Like, that is very scary to think about as well. Yeah, I mean, it really is terrifying that people have so much power over what others do in situations like that because so many people are against I'm why would I ever step out of that comfort zone Mm -hmm. to be exposed which can breed just as much hatred and I'm sorry Anthony this is why you can be charged with a hate crime Mm -hmm. we just explained it to you (laughs) yes you did And Michael's mother, she's a saint, but speaking to reporters outside the courtroom, Michael's mother spoke of forgiveness again. When reporters asked her how she was able to forgive the boys, she stated, quote, the Lord put it in my heart to forgive them for what they had done, and that's why I was able to do it, end quote. Mm, What a woman. I know. One year later, for an interview for the Daily News, Michael's father, Ezekiel Sandy, visited Michael's grave at Long Island Cemetery. After placing a fresh bouquet of flowers, Ezekiel smiled and stated, quote, Everybody misses you, Michael. Yes, everybody misses you, end quote. He explained to the reporters that he drives 45 minutes every week to visit Michael's grave, even though people tell him he should move on. 
Ezekiel will continue to visit Michael every week as it was a promise he made and will keep to his only son. I'm sorry, who are these people that are saying that he should move on from yeah, the and it's death a, of I, his son? Yeah, and only one year. It's literally Yeah, like one it year. was one year. Yeah. So, Ugh. I don't know who told him that, but... They need to be corrected as I well. I hate you. <laughs> Jeez. You move on. <laughs> yeah, you get over yourself, clearly. Goodness. I mean, every time we do this, I'm just dumbfounded. Yeah, and that was the first case, so... <laughs> Unfortunately, we gotta move on to similar cases. Here we go. Now, one would think that Michael's death would have shattered society and sparked outrage among the country. So something like this would never happen again. But unfortunately, gay bashings would continue to occur and actually is still today occurring. Four men were arrested and sentenced in North Texas to hate crimes as well as conspiracy to commit hate crimes after the group targeted, robbed, and in at least one case, sexually assaulted gay men they lured from the app Grinder. The crimes began in December of 2017 when the boys created Grinder profiles, which if you're unfamiliar with Grinder, this is a dating app used primarily by gay men, similar to Tinder, an attempt to lure gay men so that they could rob them. On December 11th, they lured five men to a vacant Dallas apartment where they were all held at gunpoint and were forced to drive to ATMs to withdraw cash. All victims were taunted with anti-gay slurs and one victim was sexually assaulted. Okay, I'm really confused that you're gay bashing, but then you're sexually assaulting these men. I don't understand what you are doing. I was totally confused by that as well. And it makes zero sense because if you're so homophobic, why would you want to take part in what you think of being as homosexual? Yeah, and it again, doesn't make sense. Anthony, this is why you can be charged with a hate crime. Yeah. Like, I just don't get that logic of like, why are you... Ugh, I just, I can't even... I guess in their sick and twisted mind, it's like obviously they want to hurt them but they're like oh you like this kind of it's just like a whole sick and yeah it is it is very perverted yeah like you can't get much lower than that 22 year old daniel jenkins pled guilty in june of 2021 to one count of conspiracy to commit hate crimes kidnapping carjacking one hate crime count and one count of using a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence He was sentenced to 23 years in federal prison. And Danny, I'm going to show you this mugshot of Daniel. And so he's 22 at the time of pleading guilty. Mm -hmm. But in 2017, that would make him what? 17? 16, 17? Yeah. Okay. So tell me what you think. Oh my God. He looks so young. Like a baby, right? The tears in his eyes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure why you're crying. You did this to yourself. Yeah. So I don't feel bad for you. But I just like, I saw that and I was like, wow. Like at first you're like, oh my God, like he's just a baby. But like you committed these horrible acts. Yeah. And now time to be, time to be a big boy. If you're going to be a man at night, 
Gotta be a man in the morning. Yeah. 28-year-old Michael Atkinson pled guilty in 2019 to one count of conspiracy to commit hate crimes, kidnapping and carjacking, and one count of kidnapping. He was sentenced to 11 years in prison. 21-year-old Pablo Ceneceros de Leon pled guilty in 2019 to one hate crime count, one count of carjacking, and one count of use of a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence. He was sentenced to 22 years in prison. 24-year-old Daryl Henry pled guilty in 2019, one hate crime count, and one count of conspiracy to commit hate crimes, kidnapping, and carjacking. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison. I do like the fact that all of these people in these cases were convicted of hate crimes. I think that's really important because when they're not, it kind of doesn't hold others accountable for their actions when situations like this arise. So I I do think that that is something that I'm really happy to see because when we convict more people of hate crimes, we have an understanding we kind of set the tone and that's not okay. Yeah. Like, don't do that again. But I'm also confused of how everyone got 20-odd-ish years and homie got 11. Yeah. How does that make sense when they literally did the same things? Michael Atkinson, he only pled guilty to one count of conspiracy. So I'm thinking, well, he also did kidnapping carjacking. But I don't think because he had anything to do with the firearm oh that's the gun. why the gun. yeah that's why it was like severely less okay that makes sense um also going back to you mentioned they were all charged with hate crimes um sorry to disappoint but our next case i think he's gonna go a little too soon dang it i always do that yeah <laughs> All right, let's get after this last one. And if those two cases weren't bad enough, I'm going to tell you about one more case that will sound all too familiar, but this time the crimes took place so recently that the perpetrator is still awaiting trial. Mm. 18-year-old Holden White lived in Lafayette, Louisiana, and met 19-year-old Chan Seneca on Grindr. The pair spoke for over a month and decided to meet in person in June of 2020. Holden invited Chance to his new apartment. However, Chance convinced him to instead come to his father's house and the pair would play video games. After the pair engaged in the first meeting, face-to-face, awkward type conversation, Holden tells ABC News that the next thing he remembered was, quote, being pulled backward by a cord and being choked so severely that all the blood vessels in my face ruptured, end quote. He then passed out. When he awoke, he recalls being naked in a bathtub and looking up at Chan Seneca while Seneca was slitting his left wrist. Holden remains calm, though, even though he thought, quote, this is it, end quote. According to another news article, Seneca had called police and told dispatchers he killed a man. He was rested at the scene before Holden White was rushed to a hospital in critical condition. Chan Seneca is being held on bond, currently awaiting trial. When Holden woke up in the hospital, he first did not remember anything. He would eventually learn, though, that he had just awoke from a three-day coma and had suffered from strangulation, six stab wounds to his neck, and deep cuts to both wrists that his hands were almost severed from his arms. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is horribly graphic, and the amount of intensity you have to do that with just shows where he was at while doing this. Yeah, 
and I kind of go into it a little bit later, but he went in and out of consciousness during this whole time. So in the time that he was in the bathtub and he would wake up and feel the tip of the knife and he said that he knew that he was trying to like go for the jugular and kept Mm. missing and he would just twist the knife in his neck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Holden spent over a month in the hospital while recovering from multiple surgeries and physical therapy in order to relearn how to use his hands. The traumatic memories came back slowly as well. Holden recalled no red flags in their flirty conversation through Grindr, but after the incident, Holden found a Facebook page with Chant Seneca's name, but he had used a photo of Jeffrey Dahmer. Holden also recalled when he slipped in and out of consciousness while being stabbed and sliced in the cold water and blood-filled bathtub. He remembered seeing Seneca's fear in his eyes. He recalled thinking he must have realized the horror and disbelief of what he had done. Holden would also later find out that Seneca allegedly attempted to kidnap two other gay men the day before, also using Grindr, or what Seneca allegedly told FBI he called his hunting grounds. The FBI indictment includes that Seneca purchased weapons from Amazon and planted his member Holden after killing him. He intended to keep parts of his bodies for trophies and food. Instead, Seneca would call 911 after the attack in a, quote, self-described effort to be put in a mental institution, end quote. I am still thinking how horrified I would be if I looked up someone's Facebook photo and they had a photo of jeffrey Jeffrey dahmer Dahmer. yeah that like has it's not even funny like that's not unless you are mentally deranged like (laughs) i think he wanted to be mentally deranged i wasn't but he i couldn't imagine the sheer panic he felt after seeing that like yeah like i would poop my pants yeah yeah and especially if like okay, like, he was thinking about doing it. It wasn't just, like, oh, on a whim, you know? Like, he was obsessed with taking your life. Luckily, he failed. Yeah. But, like, he literally was probably obsessed with trying to kill gay men. Yeah, I don't know how you get to that point, but to call something your hunting ground, Mm -hmm. like, that's just sickening. Like, that makes me feel physically ill. Yeah. And for this next part, Danny, I'm going to need you to take a deep breath. Um, I also just want to go back <laughs> to, like, we can't get into the weapons argument because we'll be here all night. We'll lose followers. Like, it's going to be a whole thing. But why was he able to purchase these on Amazon? Yeah, so it There was... are some things you've got to go to the store for. Like, well, I mean, not weapons. <laughs> you gotta get your weapons in. But Star if we Hawks. knew, we knew. Yeah. So technically, they weren't weapons. Weapons. So it was a knife, an ice pick, and a hammer. So technically, you're supposed to use those things for other purposes. But instead, he used them as weapons. But yeah, I didn't know you could even buy a hammer on Amazon. I didn't know you could buy knives on Amazon. He wanted that two-day delivery, apparently. (laughs) Overnight. Yeah. Hope he paid his $25 fee. Now, going back to what you said earlier, hate crime charges were not added to this case until January 2021, as investigators believed that the attack took place after an argument. Some lover's quarrel type thing, and it wasn't a hate crime. Could you imagine being Holden and being told that? 
Again. People protested in order for the hate crime charges to be added. Because they weren't going to do it. I just don't. Like, my silence should scare you Like, what y'all. is this, 1959? No, this is 2020. Like, how? Yeah, how uh, did I, everybody else... Did your last argument with your husband did y'all pull out knives what is wrong with you (laughs) yeah like that's what i want to ask the stupidity comes out it's like have you logically sat down and thought about what is coming out of your mouth yeah if the answer is no go back and try again if the answer is yes you need to be checked in yeah well and lafayette isn't even like a super small town like I can see more stupidity coming from, like, these ignorant, small, southern towns. No, but it's everywhere. It breeds everywhere. No, for sure it is everywhere, but, like, it's a pretty major city. Yeah, and the fact that everyone had to protest for you to get this to be a hate crime, which, like, the other two cases were horrific, and I don't want to take anything away from those, especially for those victims. Yeah. But what this man did to him he literally almost cut off his hands and stabbed him in the neck several times repeatedly Mm -hmm. and then not only did he stop there but he was saying how this was his hunting ground and how he had tried to do this before he also said that he pegged holden because he was smaller in stature so the probability of being able to like overpower him so yeah, this was I mean, he had a picture of Jeffrey freaking Dahmer on his Facebook. Well, that and not even, you know, say Holden hadn't survived, investigators would kind of have to go and, you know, try and find evidence and then talk to Seneca. Seneca was saying all these things, like admitted to it, but not technically admitting to it. But they went and as soon as Holden woke up, they went to him and asked him what happened. He told investigators what happened and the part where they decide, oh, this isn't a hate crime, just means that you're like slapping him in the face and saying like, I don't believe what you're telling me. I think it was a relate. You were technically talking for a month, so that's a relationship. And like, I know argument. You're in the hospital and he did this stuff to you, but it was probably because you guys triggered an argument. Yeah, like what? I was beyond, beyond mad. Mm-mm. I mean, that right there shows to me that you care more about the perpetrator than the victim. Yeah. That's all that says to me. Yeah. And it's disappointing because this was recent. Like, I mean, it's not disappointing. It's disgusting. Yeah. This like, you guys should be disgusted with the yourself. 1920s. This is 2020. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> But the last information I could find was from March of 2022, so just a couple months ago, and those articles state that Seneca is still being held on $250,000 bond and awaiting trial since he entered a plea of not guilty. A judge in February granted a continuance after Seneca's attorney requested that the trial be delayed. Under the filing, he included reasons such as the complex nature of the charges and that both parties were working together to achieve a solution that would, quote, serve the ends of justice, end quote. As of now, a new date has not been set, but if there is any updates, I will certainly let you all know. But I want to hear what you think, Danny. Do you think there will be a plea agreement or do you think he's going to want to go to trial? I think he's going to try to use the insane argument. Like I really, I mean, with how it's being set up, 
I think he's just trying to stack his dominoes up correctly to where they all fall in line for that. But I'm sorry, dude. That, and I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because you allegedly told And if you're planning this, no. Yeah. Uh, like, that's not how that works. I absolutely agree. I think that he's completely unintelligent and will try to go with the insanity plea. And I think it's going to completely backfire. And I hope he receives multiple life sentences. But oh yeah, he should never I'm leave. I'm really, really, really scared that since there wasn't a murder that it's going to be bogus sentencing, but uh, I'm hoping. I and- mean, the only thing that is really holding true is that he had that hate crime slapped on because otherwise he could have just attempted murder and get out in a couple years yeah. and just do this again and again. Yeah. And I think, I mean, not that I'm giving out advice because I'm not a lawyer, but y'all need to go for the maximum because this is not going to stop. Yeah. No, he's clearly obsessed with it. Yeah. This type of energy does not brew overnight. It's not going to be corrected overnight. Absolutely. And now this was just three cases that affected eight men in the last 15 years in the United States. That is just a tiny fraction of these cases globally. It is so unfortunate that crimes like this continue to occur just because of someone's sexuality or gender preference, but this is the world we live in. We can't change the past, but we can strive to do everything we possibly can to end senseless violence like this. I have included resources down below on ways that you can help and end the hate in your area. Please also remember to stay vigilant online, and even though you should be able to trust everyone, unfortunately you can't. And I think... Pairing our two episodes this month worked out beautifully, even though we didn't intend to do it this way. But I think it just goes back to show when we get lost in translation of what things mean, things like this still happen. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure we stay alert, whether that's people online, people around us, and really being acceptance of everyone around us, whether you're into that style or not, it doesn't matter because when you start to have that hate brew, whether that is your lifestyle and you're trying to hide behind it or you just don't like it, things like this continue to happen. Mm-hmm. We need to like really, really come together in order to stop these because and granted, like, I'm not on the news all the time. I, like, I couldn't tell you what happened yesterday. But the fact that, like, did you hear about this case Mm-mm. in 2020? I know there was a lot going on, but it should have been brought to everyone's attention that something like this happened in 2020. And I'm very disappointed that it didn't. So I want to do everything that I can to find other cases like this. Hopefully, there won't be mm-hmm. as many, but I want to make it known and I want to spread the word because shit like this is happening. Yeah. And it's terrifying and it's scary and I don't want to live in that world. So I want to do everything that I can in order for me to not live in that world. And if I have any children in the future, hopefully they don't have to live in that world either i couldn't agree with you more but with that that'll conclude today's episode please let us know your thoughts on instagram and facebook at law ghost stories 
If you have a case suggestion, please reach out through our website at lawghoststories.com. All of today's source material will be linked in the description box below. We'll be back with a new episode in a couple weeks, but until then, stay safe out there. It's a colorful world. Thank you to Alexander Nakarada for allowing us to use his sound, Nightmare, for our theme music.